One chorus nine people dancing till they make a stop. Two many dancing people covered with blood, gore, and glop. Just one sniff of the fog and you're inside out. It's worse than the flesh-eating virus you've read about. Vital organs are what they're dressed in. The family dog is eyeing Bart's intestines. Happy Halloween. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to lead that way in song, considering I had Inside Out on the mind. And that song just had the one lyric of Inside Out. That's a fun way to open up with the Disney film, isn't it? It's, her it, it, it's interesting to say the least. <laughs> uh. Anyways, hello everybody once again to Thumbs Up or Down, You Decide. I'm Eric Chappelle. I'm Will Leach. And joining us off in the background is Maya Taylor. Who has her own YouTube channel called Houseplants, Orchids, and More. Please subscribe. Check it out. Otherwise, the plants aren't giving you oxygen, so <laughs> piss off. What? They'll give to somebody else who deserves it. <laughs> but anyways. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> And today, uh, we kind of hinted we were going to talk about this film eventually. Uh, that time is, of course, now we are going to be talking about... E it's easily among one of our, our favorite films. Like, I I'd say it's even contender for, like, my personal favor, considering how much I love I, I love it. And that is uh, Inside Out, directed by Pete Docter. Definitely top five, I think, for me. I, I think I've gone on record at some point just saying that, like, this is my favorite Pixar film altogether. Mm. But, yeah, I think I might even go a step further. Like, Inside Out, it is my favorite film of the last decade. And it's interesting, because, like, it came at the right time, honestly. It came out, like, five years ago, like, as I was, like, nearing the end of my first year of college. It's like, I was inspiring lad with dreams. <laughs> so, to kind of see this film, and, because uh, we also got a bit of a press conference uh, prior to its release... Pete Doctor, Ronnie Del Carmen, and I believe Jonas Rivera were visiting the school at the time. Okay. And, uh, you know, they were giving a bit of insight as to, like, you know, like, the backstory of Pixar, like, you know, its up, uh, upbringings, early start. And then went into talking to them, uh, them talking about, like, uh, their inspiration for Inside Out, like, what came about it, and uh, what different... I would actually like to learn more history behind this film, because there are certain things that... This film was definitely um, thought-provoking in many, <laughs> many ways. In many ways. And so because of how well thought out and well developed it was, I tend to wonder about how much research went into this film. Well, one of the interesting inspirations that I read up about was like how like this was sort of like wanting to do this film was sort of inspired by Pete Doctor's daughter about how like, you know, his daughter was going through a bit of uh, mood swings through adolescence. So, oh, okay. yeah, but but I mean that's common. It's common oh, for no, parents no, to go. Oh no, that. I wasn't. So, I wasn't. A, it's in, I was just the fact yeah. of it was taken from from life experience. Well, personal life experience. Yeah. Well, that's what I also was told about. Like uh, with 
Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo, and The Incredibles was they're apparently dubbed uh, by some people, uh, some fans, and some people in production as uh, Pixar's father trilogy. A lot of the filmmakers at that time were just now starting to become dads or parents themselves, so taking a lot of their experiences from what they learned from, like, you know, taking care of an infant, like with Boo and Monsters University, to then, like, you know, you know, maybe someone's a single parent or something like something like that, and they have to take care of their son going to school, and then. You know, what if there's a bigger family? Like, what if you're pining for the old days? And personal influence is definitely something that Pix, uh, the team at Pixar is not afraid to, like, bring into their own work. Mm -hmm. Which I heavily respect for that. Mm -hmm. Especially with this film. Um, That's kind of one of the things that makes it so relatable. Because there are certain questions that I have with this film that I would love to ask the animators and even, like, the, story, the, the storytellers themselves. Part of my question is, because I know that with certain films in the past, like, for example, Ratatouille, when going through the storyline and the animation itself to make it more realistic, um, a lot of, pe of the animators said they actually took authentic, I think, cooking classes. I, I don't know if they did it in France, but I know that they definitely took authentic cooking classes from, from real chefs that got to actually be behind the kitchen to know all that stuff so given how much research went into that movie i kind of can't help but feel that they probably did just as much research for this because it feels too well developed for it not to have been well researched and if in in that regard a part of me wonders how much research they they did and and they did they enough went, yeah they did enough research to where they have argued that they have enough material to work for a sequel Okay. But it's going to have to depend on whether or not we do get to that point. Because, I mean, granted, it's like, I would love to see more of these characters. But at the same time, it's like, I'm also really skeptical. Because, like, you know, Pixar doing a sequel is always a big gamble. Like, I was holding Sometimes. my breath depending on whether or not Toy Story 4 was going to be good or not. Mm. It's like, I, it's like, Toy Story 3 was too perfect of an ending. And it's like, when 4 was announced, I'm like, just fairly least be good. Uh, I mean, I understand where you're coming from with that, but however, I do think that they're getting a little bit better with that because admittedly, mm -hmm. Finding find Dory, that wasn't a bad film. No, but I'm not saying a, that's that a... That was a really, really good sequel, so... I, I I have some conflicting feelings about Finding Dory, but that's mostly because of my theatrical experience with it. Mm. I wouldn't mind getting it, giving that a second chance. But it, it um, admittedly, I... I definitely think that they're getting better when it comes to sequels because mind you i haven't watched how to train your dragon 2 well but, that's dreamworks but but well i mean i'm, I'm speaking i'm in part of just animation series in general because i i'm i do agree that in the past with disney films with sequels especially with animation films are not good well that's mostly because they're given off to their uh, tv animations department over the years, especially recently, their sequels haven't haven't been bad. They've actually been pretty decent. I would be definitely willing to give it a chance if they did come out with an Inside Out 2, especially given how much I love this film. Yeah. But that's definitely one thing I question I've always wondered is because of how developed both the storyline and the characters are and how well they, they all interlace with each other, I tend to wonder how how far into the, the research and how they actually obtained the research. Like, did they actually go to psychology classes? Did they actually... Oh, they talked to, to a lot of... Uh, they talked to a lot of different psychological uh, experts about okay. this. Paul Ekman uh, served okay. as, like, a 
big consultant on it. That's it's usually a gamble because like you know like we both agree that we love Frozen too. Oh but, yeah. Uh, I will also admit that I wasn't the biggest fan of Wreck-It Ralph too. Liked it, but I'm just saying it's one of those films where it's like the more I think about it, the more I feel like we probably would, uh, even though I was asking for it, it's like we probably would have been better off without it. Honestly, I think I would have to rewatch Wreck-It Ralph 2. I actually can't remember how that freaking movie starts, let alone ends. So I would need to actually mm-hmm. rewatch it in order to form a proper opinion. Because yeah. I don't know if that was a movie that I watched from beginning to end straight through. I the think first I may, one? Uh, not the first one. The first one I have watched straight through. The second one I'm talking about. I, I, I think yeah. I may have seen clips of it and maybe I got sidetracked by that. So I definitely would have to rewatch it in order to form an actual opinion. But I mean, I definitely, like I said, definitely not talking about all animation studios um, or even animated films, but I definitely think that. Uh, a sequel could actually be possible, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, that and also, especially with the big Pixar, I, I feel like the series that definitely handled their sequels the strongest were like Toy Story and mm. like just working on like sequels alone, I feel like those two were the strongest examples. Like, so I've never seen How to Train Dragon 2, so I can't mm-hmm. give really any information about that. And I've yeah. never, I've never actually seen Trolls before, N- neither the first or second film. Well, again, DreamWorks. Uh, well, I'm kind of, I think I'm referencing like all animation films in general, not just okay. a particular studio, because quite frankly, I don't really keep track of which <laughs> film goes with which one, but I'm also thinking about like Shrek 1, Shrek 2. I haven't seen it since theaters, honestly. Really? Okay. Yeah. Like, so we're just with, with animation, the, the, sequel, the sequels that they're doing, they're definitely getting better because they're researching more into it. Yeah, definitely with, with, with Inside Out, um, one thing I was constantly wondering is just how much research went into this actual movie so that you would learn in therapy. And I was like, mm-hmm. did these guys actually simply just talk to therapists or was this like based on life experiences? Oh, or? yeah, because that's another thing I wanted to get into because like, this, uh, this is one of the reasons why I loved it. And uh, uh, for anyone wondering, uh, if you're hearing us clanging noise, it's the fan. Sorry. <sighs> But the one thing that got me that I really applauded this film is is that if you look at this film, mm-hmm. if you cut out all the clips that have all the emotions uh, in there and Riley's head involved, mm-hmm. if you look at it just like for, uh, on the clips alone of Riley, you realize it's like it's basically just a story about a girl just having a bit of a mental breakdown moving to a new place mm-hmm. that she's not familiar with. Obviously just not fitting in even though she's trying her best. It was it was considering it's like I had also moved uh, at four years ago prior to that. It's like I could definitely see where this film was coming from in terms of like what emotions. <laughs> it also like that it, it gives to me it, it's a gateway to like describing mental illness to someone saying it's like at first starting out just saying it's like oh well the emotions are just like having a bit of a fight right now. Mm-hmm. Like that's an easy way to like get kids to understand like mental illness in some form or another one of the things i deeply appreciate about this film is the emphasis on expressing and feeling your emotions Mm -hmm. the importance of it that and the importance of expressing and feeling sadness not being afraid to cry even men male characters oh yeah crying in this in this film and i'm like this is actually one of the things i like is is people making crying seem like a healthy thing because quite frankly growing up I was even taught that 
crying makes you weak instead of instead of crying actually be a, a tool to make you stronger of one that's one especially thing. with riley you can't oh, be yeah. happy all the time oh yeah and even if your parents want you to exactly and and one thing that i love that it emphasized was it's okay to cry if you need to cry mm-hmm. it's not it's not like stereoty- stereotyping it of oh you can't cry or else you're 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 you're, you're weak if you do it's like the emotions there for a reason. Is it there to be felt? It's not. It's not there for you to suppress it. And, yeah. And everyone's got their place. Basically, and they were they were kind of knocking down the whole aspect of. I think the myth that crying is is bad when crying is actually very very healing. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I loved about this film was was it trying to knock down the stigma with crying and mental illness and, and, and not being allowed to because of, oh, if you if you cry, you're not strong enough or, or you're considered weak and stuff like that. So it's one thing I absolutely loved about this film is is the constant emphasis of feeling your emotions making real and realizing that your emotions, all your emotions play a significant role and part in your life. It's not just, just be happy. It's like, sometimes that's not possible. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be scared, etc. Yeah, it's a, and it's okay to be disgusted by choices of different pizza toppings. <laughs> Although, personally, I wouldn't mind broccoli pizza. That actually sounds pretty good. I'm actually I wouldn't care if broccoli was all I pizza. I'd still eat it. <laughs> First the Hawaiians, now you people <laughs> in San Francisco! That's actually one of the reasons why this, this film is actually in my top five is because of the fact that especially with the ongoing battle with mental illness and mm-hmm. everyone talking about mental illness awareness and stuff like that this is a film that even teaching young kids it, it, since it's obviously aimed towards that but it's also teaching adults literally the powerful reason as to why you should not suppress your emotions when you actually mm-hmm. feel them you end up feeling better it's it's you'll feel them split second but then you'll end up feeling better and it's basically teaching kids at a very young age it's okay to feel these it's it, they're, they're normal there's yeah. a reason why you have these emotions it's to get you through life especially with how strong this writing is it's like there's a reason it got nominated for best original screenplay which oh, yeah. thank god it did because thank i've god. been pining for that for years now oh yeah and like i said it just it, there, there's so many powerful messages in in this movie but like I said, the fact that it's aimed mm-hmm. at children it's teaching children do not be afraid to feel your emotions. Do not be afraid to cry. It's okay. It's just like I'm just I, I don't know. I'm sorry. Also, I, I, with I'm the very passionate with this movie. I'm sorry. Oh uh, yeah, I I don't blame you. I mean, it's this is even one of the few films I actually bought the soundtrack for uh, on uh, on Amazon because I was like, I you know what? Actually, I love it yeah, this much. I this is actually one of the films. Hell, that I, I own really a three D Blu Ray copy of that film, even though I don't have a three D television. I am that pathetic. One of the things I love about this film is actually the soundtrack because it's just perfect the way yeah everything uh did you know who the composer was no michael Giacchino, the same guy who did uh jojo rabbit interesting that was one of the reasons why i was gushing him about him because like this is his music is like he is able to like really just like just capture like the right atmosphere a film needs to me like the modern successor to john williams if you ask me like he really just like so many wonderful emotions like and also knows how to get you excited get you laughing or just oh my god his music is just incredible and uh also triple dent gum is never gonna leave my head (laughs) 
it, it, trust me, it will for me. Uh, but one thing that I will admit, part of the reason why this movie is so freaking powerful is because of the power of the music. It literally takes you there emotionally with, with, with the power of this. I mean, I don't want to say it, it, it feels like orchestra music in, in that sense of the power of how it makes you feel. I would say so. It does kind of feel like that in a way. I just, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it definitely captures that spirit with this film. Even before the film got to its, like, really sad parts, it's like, the moment I really started to bawl was, like, the first time seeing it was, uh, it's the first time Riley is sleeping in her new home and uh, Joy is deciding to pull up one of her old memories instead of like mm. watch a dream that scene where she's just like skating along to with riley's memory it's like that got me bawling my eyes out oh, and yeah i don't even know why but it's like just just come out of nowhere and trigger you like that yeah. I, I think it also could be like considering uh it was also a few months after i had lost my dad yeah this this movie definitely felt as a good coping mechanism of like just like okay dude what you're feeling is is natural it's like you can be mad and sad at the same time oh yeah um like I said, that's one of the reasons why one of the reasons why I love this film is because it's helping to remove the stigma around feeling, which I, I know so many people are are chosen to be numb to. So it's 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 not only teaching people it's okay to feel, but it also shows you how to. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I definitely this is definitely one movie I'm definitely going to be showing to my kid. <laughs> to my own children this is also one of those films where it's like i will also even be mad if this isn't being taught at colleges Mm -hmm. got some nerve to be teaching animation and not include this well i mean like i said it's also a really really good film to to for adults as well it's not Mm -hmm. just it's 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 one for all the ages it's not really an age limit or an age barrier with it yeah even if it does have like a a lot of uh big name comedians who are mostly known for like raunchier stuff like uh uh lewis black for example it's like i'm pretty sure people heard his uh if kids heard the stand-up they'd be like anchor's too angry that- every one of them like amy poehler and phyllis smith like they d- their duo just like really sells it well one of the other things i love about this film in general is the fact that there's not a single character in this movie that i don't like they're yeah. all funny uh-huh. in, without even trying to be funny. I'm sorry. I love sadness. Just her remarks. Um, one of my favorite freaking lines in this, in, or one of my favorite moments, is when they're going through the freaking maze mm-hmm. when they first get start getting lost. And, and she's like, don't enter there. You're going to get lost. And she's like, just think positively. She's like, I'm positive you're going to get lost in there. <laughs> it's so stupid, it's funny, but yeah. I'm like, it's just that. Honestly, I think my favorite line from her is, Remember the funny movie where the dog dies? <laughs> I laughed my ass off because I'm kind of that person who's just like, Hey, I find random things funny. It's like, uh, do you realize what you just said? It's like, this needs better context. It's just... Because I think I, I think I talked about how like uh, there's a scene in Parasite where like the maid who is uh, she's trying to rat the family out is like uh, that not who, who they are and at one point like to stop her from like getting to the top and telling people it's like the the main mom just straight up punches her and she falls down the stairs. I just burst out laughing because of how okay. sudden that was. 
And then I, I think when I talked about it in a video, it's like, I probably, I, I was listening back to it realizing it's like, I probably should have explained why she was punched. <laughs> another, actually, another concept, it's not even completely entirely with the, the dialogue, but also one of the things I absolutely loved is every single time with Angle, he was always reading a newspaper and, and the newspaper headlines was, is were, what was going on is it was always corresponding with what was going on like when they're saying oh yeah i i, I was afraid of earthquakes until joy told me they were a myth in the end the guy's holding up a paper that says you sure seem shaky <laughs> it's just it's just the subtle the subtle uh, i forget what the headline irony. was when uh riley Wiley comes home after quitting hockey but it's like i remember that was pretty funny too it was it was just it was just like there, there's so many i especially loved oh, bill hater as fear and d did you know how he actually got a part of the film Mm -mm. Uh, basically, he was called in just to help write in some of the comedy. And I think because he was enjoying being there so long, the guys were like, they actually ended up offering him a role. And he was like, okay, sure. <laughs> oh, that and... Um... I'd love when you have, like, buddy stories like that. It's like, oh, he just hang around so much. I'm like, oh, screw it, let's just put him in. Between the development of the characters and just, like, the way they act and just like the dialogue so I'm just like oh dear god this is freaking hilarious and then when, when they're near the end with discussing oh wait they had they had Fashion Island everyone shut up yeah I think cast of Mindy Kaler perfect that with 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 the freaking whole thing of imaginary the imaginary boyfriend I would die for Riley I'm like, I god. you know I now that I think about it I really wish we could have seen disgusts uh, reactions to that it's like wait there was a tower of boyfriends <laughs> like how did they not oh my god I wish they could have said that just aspects of this movie that are so freaking funny that I'm just like like I said I, I there's not a single character in this that I don't yeah. actually like yeah I cry every time I heard uh, try the caramel it's delicious oh. <laughs> yeah it's just, it's just oh god there, there's so many things but mm. that one thing I will admit I did not notice this until recently Joy's dress looks like it it literally has fireworks all over it and i was like I, that actually is, seems kind of cool since fireworks in my eyes are oftentimes what uh, something used to actually bring people happiness yeah so i just i i, I didn't actually notice and notice until recently when i saw her dress and stuff like that i was like that's interesting yeah actually and it was also funny because uh, I had pointed out to you earlier today mm -hmm. how um, throughout the film, it's like if you notice Riley's clothing, you Which can... Which I didn't, obviously. But yeah, it's like, you oh, can wait, tell... Yeah, right, they did. Yeah, you can get an idea of like uh, which emotion is going to be in control at that moment in time. Mm -hmm. if, there, if there's nobody in control and she's just neutral, it's like she has the black hoodie on. So it's like little details like that always like really uh, fascinate me. That, and there's actually another scene with, with when it comes to dialogue, when the they're at the dinner table, they're eating, and the dad is like, the foot is down, and the, the, he's like, that that could have been a disaster, and the, the, the emotion the mom, the mom said, just, well, that was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it yep. was just like, it was just, it was certain moments, and I'm just like, oh, Lord. Funny enough, the, in the best way possible, yeah. and the funny dialogue the, was just perfect. Funny enough, the dad's anger is played by the director, Pete Doctor. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I also found out uh, a while back that uh, 
two of the pioneers of the Muppets, Frank Oz and uh, Dave Goles, uh, they actually have cameos as the guys who are guarder- guarding that subconscious door. Oh. But ironically, their names are switched, so it's like, Dave is Frank and Frank is Dave. Oh, you mean the ones that are all like, wait, I wrote my name in that hat? Yes, that oh. guy. <laughs> you want to know what that actually reminded me of, that scene? What? Have you, I'm assuming you've seen Halloween Town? Uh... Vaguely, uh... There's a certain scene uh, when the siblings are in Halloween Town and their mom is, is trying to take them all back home and there's a certain scene where technically two characters, but it's like a, the same character but with two heads. Oh, okay. You, you know what I'm talking about? And it's like they're supposed to be twins and it, it, they're, they're literally fighting... The way they they're fight. conjoined twins. Yeah. Okay. But it's it's um. I have seen that done. But it's it's not it's not like the, the the head is like on the shoulder or something like that. They're like no. nearly two people and like the same sharing the same. They're sharing the third shoulder. <laughs> I guess. All <laughs> uh, but yeah, all I know is that like they're 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 literally they literally fight like those two in the movie. They're like wait hey no that's my tea that's my tea and they're like oh no and I'm like. Oh dear God! That literally was what the scene reminded me of, because they're literally and the guys like. Not only is is Joey trying to get their attention with 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 those two people, the hats, the the mom in Halloween Town is literally trying to get their attention with trying to tell them when the next train is coming for the real world, and it's literally the same dynamic. I was like, this is literally reminding me of the scene in Halloween Town, but with. A, a different kind of character, but the same kind of struggle. I'm like, oh my god, okay. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was like, I'm wondering if they possibly borrowed from that scene, or if that was just like actually like original. Which mind we didn't. If if it was borrowed, it wouldn't have bothered me because I thought that it worked well. It was funny. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this actually kind of reminded me of that. So. In fact, I think this might have been another Pixar film that got involved with the lawsuit. Really. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the situation was, uh, it was a matter of like. Everybody's had different colored characters about living inside a different person. It's like, and I think somebody even pointed out, it's like, dude, did you not see Osmosis Jones? It's like, it's like a lot of people make comparisons between that and Inside Out. And it's like, that's a little bit more understandable. But with what the, this was an indie project that was apparently being, uh, fought about but it's like apparently it's like yeah that's not gonna cut it because like if what were they fighting about with this film the concept theme of uh you know emotions living inside a person's head uh and okay. it being like different colored little characters and so forth but considering it's like it was in the public eye beforehand uh before it was even copywritten i, I think also considering it's like we had uh, uh we've had other properties like osmosis jones that have like little different colored uh neon colored beings living inside uh other living people it's like okay it didn't feel like much of a case to take on oh okay so they thought it was like not stolen but maybe, maybe that is the term yeah, stolen, is. stolen yeah. script or stolen idea stolen idea mm. uh, it happens i mean a lot of people have made the comparison of like an old fox show called herman's head I, I've come to I've kind of come to accept that it's like at this point there isn't that much we can do in terms of like what's considered original ideas anymore. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a matter of what's your take on the idea. Is it at least good or worth my time? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's like how at this point we've got like so many different incarnations of Batman. Like uh, we've got like Nolan's Batman, which is this serious like you know 
Enforcer or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, then we've got, you know, the upcoming um, Matt Reeves Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, which they say is going to be more like a detective film. And okay. uh, you've got Zack Snyder's uh, Batman from, like, Ben Affleck within the DCU on how mm-hmm. that's also trying... Or even Tim Burton's uh, Batman with, like, Michael Keaton as the role. Okay. It's, like, those two, like, trying to take on a more, like, fantastical approach. Or everybody's got their own different... Or even the animated series with... Uh, Kevin Conroy is Batman, and uh, even in Mask of the Phantasm, which is on Netflix, and that's something honestly, I might recommend. I, I, I've never seen a whole lot of these when it comes... I think when it comes to Batman, the only Batman movie I've ever actually seen recently, besides... This wasn't even a Batman film, but Joker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was technically kind of like an early history. I, I count of, that as a Batman film, or um, at least a film in the Batman universe. Uh, but uh, that and the honestly the earliest Batman film I've ever actually seen was the one with Jim Carrey as the Joker. Oh, Batman Forever? Yeah. That's the one with uh, Val Kilmer as Batman. And last actual Batman movie I've seen, because I never even saw the dark. I'm not a big Batman person, to be honest with you. I'm not right. Lie. Right. Well, what my point is, is like, you know everyone's got like their own mm-hmm. different take about because mm-hmm. like if i were to do batman it's like i'd probably do something a little bit more like where he actually does try to start a family with robin but it's like obviously things don't work out so well so he has to let go and let it be nightwing like mm-hmm. i don't know i'd do something a little more sappier it's like okay sue me <laughs> but yeah it's like i've just come to accept that it's like you know i mean shape of water got into that same kind of controversy beforehand where it's okay. like look it doesn't matter who did the idea first. It matters. What matters is how people execute the idea. Okay. Pixar has been through this before with like ants. Remember that? Uh, and and a bug's life. Remember that? Mm, yeah. It's not something that uh, we're not familiar with. And to be honest with you, those in my head are two completely different films. Exactly. It's not even like they're the same film to me. They're two different, completely different. They're both about insects, mm-hmm. obviously, but they're two completely different films in my eyes. It just depends on what you're, uh, what kind of story you're working with. Some days you're the emotions of a 12-year-old little girl, and some days you're, you're the white blood cells fighting germs in Bill Murray's body. Dear Lord. <laughs> Bill Murray got a case of Chris Rock for a while. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, Alright, uh, do you have any final thoughts uh, you wanted to share about Inside Out? Just so that all lost, this is one of the films where I don't have much complaint with, with anything, even with scenes in it. Mm. It's just—it's one of those films that, in my eyes, is just a perfect animated animated film. Because even the story, the, the scenes in this movie that I find a tad bit boring, still serve a purpose. So it's not like. It's just, it doesn't feel like it's just added in for the sake of moving the story forward. There's always... Everything has a reason. Yeah. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a reason for it. It's all interwoven together. Like I said, that's one of the reasons why... (laughs) All these facts and opinions look so familiar, or so similar. It's like... (laughs) Well, like I said, it's just, even even with the ideologies, the, 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 the ironies to it, it, just everything is so well matched with 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 the sense of humor the the, the color the, the the shapes all that stuff it's just it's it's perfectly interwoven into each other and that's one of the reasons like said why for me this is one of um like said top five 
animated films for me as far as as far as I think Pixar is concerned. I definitely can't say that it's it's because I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. There are some Walt Disney original animated films. That I I think uh kind of playing to that kind of role as well. But because I'm not gonna lie, I love Disney, but I don't love every Disney movie that's ever been created. No. And I'm even including animated movies into that. Well, I mean that's pretty standard for every studio. It's like not everyone's gonna love everything by Universal or Fox or because Paramount. Because admittedly, I am not a big fan of Alice in Wonderland. I know a lot of people are gonna probably hate me for saying that. I don't care for that movie. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was younger, I thought it was scary. Now, as an adult, I think it's fucking boring. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> um, it's only boring if you ha if you don't have the right stuff. Um, I... <laughs> but I definitely like Tim Burton's versions of Alice in Wonderland more than I like Walt Disney's version. Yeah, this is just one of those animated films that, in my eyes, was just well thought out, well executed and was just, in my eyes, very much perfect in a lot of ways. But I know perfect is kind of an opinion, not a fact. Obviously, it's, it's objective, yeah. but, or subjective, whatever you want to, whatever word you want to use, but it's definitely one of those films that, in my eyes, is, in my eyes, is, is important with, even with history. Just, it's, 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 it's one of those films that's it's definitely top, top three, top five. So, yeah, I definitely would recommend this film to anyone, any age. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you and a, a little bit more. It's like, this is... Basically, I'm trying to say, it's like, I really love this movie as, mm -hmm. uh, as just as much. Uh, it's probably, like like I said, it's easily my favorite film of the last decade. Uh, every, uh, the voice acting was just perfect. Uh, especially considering it's like, it was. it's mostly... I'm one of those people who it's like, I would prefer actual talented voice actors to actually get their work as opposed to on-screen people mm -hmm. unless they're actually trained well to actually do it well like here mm -hmm. uh i was happy about that though the writing and the uh, directing is spectacular the animation still still among one of my one of my favorites from pixar at least in, in animation alone well given what you actually said a lot the, the, the positive to a lot of these people is that it, part of the reason why it works so well is because the acting, the, the stars who are actually voicing these characters do have on-screen experience. So mm -hmm. not, they're taken from both stage and screen and actually really combining the perfect role for that. Right, but I'm just saying it's like yeah. there are some people who like uh, are only defined from like going into like one medium and sticking to mm. it or they stick to one particular medium but then they aren't used to a different or they're not as well equipped with another one let's mm -hmm. like i mean you could be really good with like on-screen camera acting but it's like you could be a total fuck up with uh stage acting mm -hmm. so it's like uh and i feel like every form of acting is important to learn regardless of which it is i think back to like that one part of like chris rock where he's talking about like uh how easy voice acting is uh, when he's presenting best uh, animated feature and i'm thinking mm -hmm. brother it's not that easy it's like I no can, no I it's, see how it's it, it would be difficult yeah. yeah it's like i have seen like i i've even uh listened to like interview stories about how like uh in the early days of like when they were dubbing Dragon Ball Z into English, uh, there were stories about how like some people in the voice acting booth actually passed out from screaming. Really? Yeah, it's like it get wow. it, it can be a voice acting is a tiring job. 
don't let anyone say it's that easy. I wasn't going to assume it was. It doesn't. It doesn't seem that easy. I think. Well, I actually, anybody who thinks it's easy is a freaking amateur. I. I like Alex Soliano. Bitch, we hate. You're letting it out. I, I, I got a lot of. I got a lot of demons in me. <laughs> What I was, um, what I was gonna say was, I do have some experience with voice acting. I, I can definitely say I do agree that it's not that easy because one, a specific project that actually taught me that film was where I needed to be major-wise in college um, was actually for a um, art project I had in Art Fundamentals uh, at UNLV, and we had to create our own puppets and the, we could create it out of any material that we wanted to but we had to create our own puppets we me and my uh uh three partners actually created ours out of styrofoam and foam but we also had to make our own clothing um so we literally had to make our own puppets um come up with a screenplay for them and literally do like a film make make a film uh for our puppets out of just obviously film equipment but yeah i mean we had to do everything within filming it doing the editing doing the voice acting and stuff like that and so i did get a little bit of experience with voice acting with with this project i don't want to show you because it's shit <laughs> well now i kind of want you because now i'm jealous it's like why wasn't this glass offered to me when i was there <laughs> It was it's like, I want to use puppets. It's like, I would have had, I would, I would have had an easier time in my directed class with that. It was, um, for, uh, it was a, um, preparatory, uh, requirement for, um, graphic design and media because prior to being a film major, I was a graphic design and media student. Never again. <laughs> Learned my lesson. Don't like graphic design and media. Never have, never will. Um, and my job was actually even going for it strictly for the animation department. <laughs> Where's that new chick? She turned to puppets. <laughs> but yeah, it's just that, like that the Happy was, Time Murders all over again. But that was basically the, the, the project. We had to create our own puppets of, out of any material. Some created theirs out of out of um, paper, uh, but we did it out of foam. And like I said, we we even was created... it paper or paper light? It was paper. Okay. <laughs> I thought you would have gotten the gender reference. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we had to do that. We had to film it. We had to do the screenplay for it. We had to do the editing, do, uh, like I said, the voice acting. And it was not easy doing the voice acting. I, re I realized myself that I definitely, if I ever wanted to go into voice acting in the future, I definitely would have to work on that massively as a skill. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely not easy. So, I trust me, I, I, I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, hell, it's like uh, we're recording our podcast while the fan is on, so it's like <laughs> people got to work with what they can work with. You know what? I'm not. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to say that as a negative. Although I definitely think that with my experience now, I definitely would have a little bit of a better time with voice acting now than I would um, than I would have had in the past. Mm -hmm. Now knowing what where my mistakes were with that first project and all that because admittedly the screenplay was fine but I definitely would have to get better at that so yeah needs more puppets no no it doesn't damn it because <laughs> quite frankly um 
the actual thing. It's it, it was funny, but it was kind of stupid. But that project literally was what actually taught me that I needed to go into film because I, I'm not, I shit you not, I had more fun with that project than I did any other project that we actually had in that particular class. And it was because of the fact that it was literally film. And I really realized after that, I have, this is literally where I belong. I, I don't belong in graphic design media, I belong in film. So, because that was literally where my passion was coming out big time. So yeah. But yeah, that that's uh, really all I have to <laughs> after going on that tangent. <laughs> yeah, it's like we, we, were, we were almost ready to wrap up, and then it's yeah. like we just kind of got into a discussion about uh, voice acting. <laughs> yeah, just voice acting in general. <laughs> so yeah, just plain and simple. Um, Inside Out, definitely a movie I would highly, highly, highly recommend for any age especially even for, for psychology majors I, or, the, or I, anyone wanting to supplement therapy with for their children and wanting to teach their children. Or just need how, therapy for themselves. Or how to teach their children how to learn about their own emotions. Yeah, I mean, this definitely helped for, uh, helped me with me with my emotions, and I saw this like three times in theaters. No regrets. <laughs> Loved every minute of it. If, if I had the money, I would have gone to see it. <laughs> we didn't have the money, but now it's on Disney Plus, so I can see it all I have. Yeah, and yes. I've got it on Blu-ray, so I can watch it whenever. <laughs> that has been uh, our discussion of Inside Out. Obviously, we're both thumbs up, so let us know where you decide on that. And uh, give us a good explanation as to why you chose Down. Because I'm, I'm more curious to listen to that. <laughs> Like, what, what what happened to you? Who hurt you? <laughs> did, did, did Goofy hurt you? <laughs> Do you want to go punch Goofy in the face? Uh, or was it Mickey? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, pre uh, I'm pretty sure Mickey's court case was that, no, I don't want Minnie anymore. She's fucking Goofy. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> my uncle told me that joke. Whoa! <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, this, uh, I'm Eric Chappelle. I'm Melissa Leach. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>